This is The Art of Being You, and I'm Rachel Wortman. This podcast brings you inspiration, insights, and practical tools to help you become more like Jesus. Get ready to embrace who God has created you to be. I've got a great episode in store for you today, so without further ado, here is The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to the art of being you. Uh, I am really happy to have you guys with us today. I know I say that all the time. I know, but it is true. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about one of the areas I've actually had probably the most breakthrough in over the course of my life, and I'd kind of forgotten about it. That's how much breakthrough that I had had. And recently, I was listening to somebody talk about it, um, and I was like, oh my goodness, I don't think I've ever covered this on a singular episode in the podcast and some 150-some episodes that we've had. So today's your lucky day, I guess. I don't know. Um, But I'm excited to dive into it. We're going to be talking all about vain imagination. And I don't know if you know this phrase. I didn't know it until I got into some more charismatic circles. And then it was like a constant prayer. Like we don't want any vain imaginations, you know. And um, and I didn't really fully know what how they applied to my life. And then once I learned it, it was like, oh, this is how my brain works on a regular basis. I should maybe consider changing that. I think a lot of the body, um, the body of Christ struggles with this because I, I don't know that we talk about it enough. And so today I want to talk about it. I want to kind of explain what they are and then also give you guys some keys and takeaways that you can use to hopefully undo the effects of vain imaginations in your mind. But let me start by saying that your imagination inside of your mind is a gift to you. It is a gift from Father God straight to you. I believe that the plane of our imagination is one of the tools that God uses to connect us to the eternal realm. That's just kind of my belief. I think that, you know, so we are like a three-part being, right? We are body, soul, and spirit. And our body is only connected to the earthly realm. And our spirit is pretty much only connected to the eternal realm. And then our soul kind of houses the two, right? It's, It's some sort of like hybrid thing that grounds us together. And the soul houses our mind, our will, and our emotions. And, you know, it's a lot of our brain is included in that. And so in our soul, there is this supernatural component to our soul and your imagination is actually a part of that. It's a part of that. I know certain circles of Christianity would say your imagination is dangerous and it's like you should fear it and get away from it and not use it. And I'm kind of on the other side of the camp. I believe that your imagination is a gift to you from God to help you understand how the world works. Because here we are, we've been given this brain, we only have access to like 10% or so of that brain. We're housed in these, you know, earthly bodies made from dirt, walking around on this planet um, that isn't God's home, right? And we are somehow supposed to be connected to the eternal realm through Jesus. It's a little confusing. And I think the imagination is this gift that God gives us to where we can open our mind enough to actually begin to understand how the kingdom of heaven works. But when our imagination takes us to dark places, negative places, or even painful places, and I'm not talking about memories, I'm talking about we're imagining it, not real things. 
Um, that's really what we call vain imaginations. So in the Bible, there's a scripture that talks about vain imaginations that is honestly more about arrogance and sort of imagining yourself better than than you are. But I think vain imaginations, that, that terminology really can include all the places our imagination takes us to that are not good. Um, and, and essentially, we're talking about fake ideas of what will happen in our life. Fake ideas. That's what's happening when our imagination is not redeemed by the Lord. So um, I'm a Disney fan, not so much the programming of Disney, but the parks. I love the theme parks. I love being in them at any time of year, um, except when they're super, super crowded. But I just love it. I love rides. I love amusement parks. I love the snacks. I love the shopping. Like it's it's a go. It's I love it. We go a lot. And there's a ride in Epcot from the 80s, I believe, maybe early 90s called Figment. And it's a horrible ride. It's never been updated. It's uh, pretty weird. It's exceptionally cheesy. But we took my youngest daughter on this ride a couple years ago. And my daughter, Grace, fell in love with this purple dragon that imagines the weirdest things. She fell in love with him. And so every time we've gone to Disney since, whether she's been with us or without us, we have to do the figment ride. And we went a couple times for work over the last year, um, which was amazing. And while we were there, I would FaceTime her and turn the, the camera on the ride so that she could go through the ride with us. She has a big figment stuffy to sleep with. I mean, we are figment fans. And the reason is because I want to foster in her this understanding that her imagination will either make her or break her. That what she can envision in her imagination will either take her closer to Jesus or away from Jesus. Now, I need to give a disclaimer because for some of you guys who are spiritually sensitive, you're like, oh my gosh, red flag alert. She's going to say something that's bad. And you might be thinking about what the new age calls manifesting. And I want to say hogwash manifesting or what the new age would call manifesting is the biggest bunch of baloney I've ever heard. I'm not saying it doesn't work. It does work, but it is drawing power from the wrong source to make it work. And if you watch popular TV, like pop culture TV, it's everywhere right now. I mean, literally, I was watching TV the other night and this person was like, well, I manifested that for myself. So I'm going to pray my same manifestation prayer for you because I know it'll work since it worked for me. And the person she was talking to was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. You know, gross, you guys gross. If you are dabbling in manifesting in that way, I just need to tell you that you're dabbling in something that's outside of the kingdom of God. The Bible gives us really clear directions on how to pray and ask and contend for God to bring things into our life. And I'm just going to tell you that manifesting is not how it works. It will work because the kingdom of darkness does have a measure of power. And that's why it's becoming so popular because it's like, there are some spiritual principles that it's tapping into some both of the kingdom of God and some from the kingdom of darkness, but it's not going to serve you. In fact, it's actually going to take you away from what God wants to do in your life. So little caveat to that in no way, shape or how am I talking about anything that comes close to what the new age or what pop culture would call manifesting in what we're going to talk about today. Also, I just should say, if you're listening to this and you're going, well, shoot, I do this all the time. I just think it's a good idea to pray and renounce those manifestations to break the power of those and ask the Holy Spirit to purify you with his blood so that you can start over and pray in the name of Jesus in the kingdom of God. Because, um, yeah, I think that's important. That should probably be its own episode. But what we're talking about today are these fake imaginations of what will happen, but it's not 
true. So what do I mean? Well, have you ever been standing at the top of a staircase and all you can do is just picture yourself tumbling down the stairs? Or ladies, this is very common among us. Have you ever been walking out to your car in a parking lot and you just begin to imagine that somebody is hiding under your car? Um, Or, you know, for kids, this is very popular, very common, not popular, very common that you begin to imagine that someone is hiding in your closet or under your bed, right? Those imaginations are when our, the, the plane of our mind is being hijacked by the kingdom of darkness and we are receiving, I'm going to say projected images for lack of a better word. We are actually allowing our mind to go to places that God does not have for us to go. And this can happen when we think about, you know, if our spouse is going to have an affair, if we think about like all these things that we are afraid of happening take place in these vain imaginations. And so I don't need to give you a list of a hundred of these so that you can see whether you have them. We all have them to some degree. And I want to give you a few keys of what to do when you discover that you've got one going on. So number one key for you is to take a pause in the middle of the imagination. So if you're like me, then you love to daydream and my mind can wander and my imagination is quite vivid. And so when I don't protect my imagination, it can go to pretty dark places. When I was younger, and this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier um, at the beginning when I was telling you my testimony, I used to have these imaginations all the time that I would be like, um, going to be beat up. Or there was like somebody that was going to like, I'll be victimized by a crime. Basically, most of these imaginations centered around this one theme that I would be victimized by a crime. And I remember one particular day, the Lord interrupted me in the middle of one of these daydreams. And I'm like, excuse me, Lord, I'm, you know, spiraling downward. What, What do you want? And he said, listen, you are imagining a world as if I don't exist. You are imagining yourself doing all of these different things as if I'm not right here with you. And he said, pause and stop. And then he said, ask me what I would do if this actually did happen. So I was like in that particular situation, I was imagining myself um, daydreaming, like walking down the street and someone was like coming to hurt me. And so I paused and I said, "Okay, Jesus, well, what would you do if you were like, you know, okay, you're correct, right? In this worldview that I'm looking at, it's like an alternative universe that you don't exist and I don't know you. So that's a dumb daydream. So what would you do? And immediately I saw the Lord send two angels to me that were these gigantic angels. And the person who was coming to hurt me walked right past me because they didn't want to try because they could see these enormous angels. And I remember just being shocked at like, all the, I honestly felt a lot of guilt in that moment that I had been harboring these down, these daydreams, these like, you know, vain imaginations as if God wouldn't be there with me in times of trouble, as if God wouldn't be there with me in times of distress or tragedy, as if he wouldn't help me like he has in real life time and time and time again. Now it is true. Sometimes we do get victimized by crime, even, you know, when we're believers, but when we like only imagine something as if God doesn't exist, we're actually doing ourselves a disservice. And I think it's wrong, biblically wrong. So what do you do? Well, step number one, you take a pause. If you find yourself, you know, in any one of these situations or whatever might be common in your, in your world, pause and literally interrupt your thought and then introduce Jesus to it. And your imagination is something you can usually control. So you might have to imagine what would Jesus do? 
what would Jesus do in this? Well, he's going to protect you. He's going to help you. He's going to pick you up and clean you off if something happens, right? He's going to empower you. He's going to give you grace. He's going to heal you. Any of those things. And so we begin to imagine that. And you know, when we do this over time, our imagination stops going to this godless place and it starts going to the God-filled place. This is what's really interesting to me is that what I noticed was, and this is sort of your bonus takeaway, I noticed that I um, would like imagine myself missing God. And then when I flipped the script, it became, okay, Lord, what am I missing about you? What am I missing about you, Lord? I Maybe I need to lean into you as my protector more. Maybe I need to trust that you're with me, right? Maybe I need to actually pray for my protection. So it's a very simplistic tool but it will change a lot for you. When we have these vain imaginations or these foreboding thoughts where we just sort of assume bad things are coming to us, we just assume it's never going to be right. It's never going to work out, right? It's like, it's like, well, why would it be different this time? It's never been different before. Well, when we do that, we're actually creating patterns in our brain. We're creating habits where we're telling ourselves, this is how I believe about the world. So it's normal when you try to interrupt that it's normal for that to take a little bit of time to reframe, right? It's not instantaneous for most of us. It takes a little bit of time. So for me, it was about a year and a half where it was like, I, cause I did this a lot. I would daydream. I have to stop, have to introduce Jesus. And you know, literally, as I said to you at the beginning of this episode, this rarely happens to me anymore, if ever so much that I forgot about how big of a deal it was in my life. That's how good God has been in this. And this is why I'm such a brain science nerd. Because honestly, our brain is so powerful. So what's the alternative? What do you do? Well, for me, my favorite imaginations now are, what if it goes right? What if it goes right? So truthfully, I'm a strategically minded person. So I do like to, you know, imagine all the scenarios and I like to kind of have a plan. So if I'm launching something new, maybe something in the business or whatever, I'll think about, okay, if this doesn't go this way, here's what will happen. If this person is upset about this, here's what we can do. And I will kind of strategically work through that. But instead of that being the the option that I just know is going to happen because it just obviously always goes wrong, it's just one of many options that I have now. And what I love to do is I love to imagine, well, what if it goes right? What if it went right? I love to use my imagination to say, God, let's imagine together. Let's imagine a world where I step out and do this thing you're asking me to do. And it actually works. Let's imagine a world where I, you know, step out and, and, and ask for this thing or pray for this thing. And you actually bring it to me. And it's such a blessing in my life. It's challenging, right? And it's kind of convicting when we think about how often we don't do that naturally. But it's so, so important. So I want to just encourage you. Stop the downward spiral in your imagination and leverage your imagination as a tool to help you understand God better. Well, here's a great, very, very practical way to do that. When you're reading the Bible, imagine the story. Imagine it. If you're reading about Jesus, you know, asleep on the boat, imagine it. Try to decide which person would you be in that story. You know, who would you be? 
Imagine what it would be like to be Peter stepping out of the boat to step on water and actually standing on water, right? Let your imagination be something that draws you toward God and not away from it. I don't know about you, but I want my kids to have really healthy imaginations. Two of them are born that way. The other two have to work a little bit harder, but I love it. I constantly am telling them, let's dream about this when it's their birthday. Let's come up with ideas for all this kind of stuff. Why? Because I want to jumpstart their imagination so that they can believe God bigger. Because if you can see it, you can go for it. One of my all-time favorite quotes, a Walt Disney quote, he said, if you can dream it, you can do it. That's, I think, one of the things that God gave us our imagination for. If you can begin to see and visualize and dream the things that he's putting in your heart to do, it's that much more believable and it's that much easier to go out and pursue. So let's say, you know, no to the vain imaginations that are in your heart. Let's say no to the things that are robbing you of your peace. Let's say no to the things that are making you, you know, stay small in how you think. And let's say yes to exploring God on a bigger and greater level like never before. Until next time, be blessed. You've just listened to another episode of The Art of Being You. My goal is to empower you to embrace the goodness of God over your life and step into that abundant life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And did I mention that I'd love to connect with you? Find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rachel Wartman and on TikTok at The Rachel Wartman. You can find more resources, including my books and other teachings at rachelwartman.com.